us today, we have Michelle. Do you want to introduce yourself and what you do and all that? Sure. Um, hey, everybody. My name is Michelle Lene, and I am the founder and host of the Christ Over Culture podcast. Make sure you guys look us up We're on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, um, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, basically everywhere. So um, the purpose of the podcast is to... Uh, it's really to gear towards Christian millennials, and it's for people who either want to renew or grow their relationship with Christ. So we just talk about all types of topics um, that like are relatable. Um, so it could be finances, work, relationships, whatever the case may be, and how we can grow uh, closer to Christ in all those areas. So check it out. Awesome. And then we have Carl here. Tell the people about you. Yeah, uh, my story is not as long as it's Michelle's. Uh, I'm just a young adult leader at Windsor Village United Methodist Church. I did used to do a radio show with Power Talk. We uh, actually right now aren't doing it. One of the co-hosts is actually out of town, so we're not doing that anymore. We have some other things in the works. So yeah, we on the lookout. I'll have some things posted on my Instagram or on Facebook. It's just at truthstory.com. Awesome. And I'm Tiffany. I always forget to introduce myself <laughs> from Inspire Fire and Soul Feeling. And I'm Jasmine from Inspire Fire and the co-host of Soul Feeling. Yes, and I am Jasmine. They also call me Kobe. Yeah. <laughs> Kobe. Why is everybody asking that question? Like Kobe, Kobe? Yes, the jumper. The jumper is there. <laughs> so, let's start it off with For the Culture. Do it for the culture. Okay. <laughs> I thought someone was going to help me out here. Oh, okay. Do it for the Okay. <laughs> so we were talking about Hurricane Harvey. That's why we didn't have that episode last week because we were stuck in the house. Right. Because Houston was being flooded, essentially. So um, I guess we could just, there's so much to cover with Hurricane Harvey. We just already had a full conversation before the podcast even started. <laughs> I don't know why that that Friday I was more so worried about people than the, the storm. Like I went to Costco, people just cutting other people all trying to get to the parking spots, like in lines, running people over with the baskets, you know, like trying to get gas. Everybody was just like in a just oh chaotic. God. So I was I don't know for me I was more worried about you know just everybody right. safety and that. I think I was on a, around the same lines because I was more so worried about the elderly. So the first people I called was like my grandparents and stuff like that, trying to make sure they were okay. Uh, people that I knew were in positions where they didn't have cars or they couldn't really get what they need to. So I called people that was just not really in a position to take care of themselves. And that's what I was worried about on Friday. I got set up for Saturday because it didn't rain until like 10, 30, 11 o'clock. And that's when everybody got caught. And that's, I think that's what happened with a lot of people, even the guy we were talking about earlier on the highway. Mm -hmm. said, I thank God. He said, I came home Saturday, it wasn't raining. Woke up and he was, he was flooded in. That's what right. kind of happened to a lot of people over in the medical center in the Mile and Bel Air area. Mm -hmm. so, yeah. yeah, I think, you know, Saturday, like the storm was expected to hit Friday night into Saturday morning, but mm -hmm. really it hit Saturday night into Sunday morning. Right. And so I, I saw a lot of things, and even I was feeling like this on Saturday, like, they said it was going to be all this rain, you know, it was going to be like chaotic. I went to the grocery store on Thursday, so like people were rushing to get their stuff because they thought Friday, you know, they wouldn't have a chance. But mm -hmm. on Saturday, it was almost like some people took it for granted. Like, oh, it's not going to rain. 
we good. I wonder mm-hmm. if Fiesta gonna take their water back. Like I saw stuff like that, which is cool. <laughs> you know. <laughs> it was real. Like, I was the same way though. It was I real. I was, like, I was like, no, 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 I was I'm like, Fiesta about to take the water back. And other people around the city felt that way too. But you know, then of course on Saturday night it was like for real and then life changed and it was catastrophic. So, yeah, you know, it's just crazy. I'm glad that Houston didn't evacuate because that would have been, like, mm-hmm. even worse, especially because you know, see the traffic we had here after the storm. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. yeah. We would have been, I, I believe millions of people would have been on the highway because yeah. it's Trap. Saturday, not Friday. So, we were really in a touch-and-go situation. It would have, I'm sorry. I just want to say, it would have been like The Walking Dead. Because <laughs> you know how they had all the cars oh, yeah, stalled in the, no. uh, the highways? I'm oh, sorry, I love that shit. But that's how it would have been. Did y'all see those people? Like season two. <laughs> <laughs> oh my Did y'all see those people swimming in 288? No. no. Oh, yeah. So, so they weren't trapped or anything. I think they were doing it for fun. But they just like they jumped were. into 288 and they were swimming. And then one person like climbed up. The like uh, highway fine. It was crazy. I want to say I saw somebody like on a jet ski. Yeah, it was. I saw he was on the bottom. 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 He was on the I put my legs in it. Did you, did you bleach that thing? I'm like, do you have a tetanus shot? God got me. I had prayed over it already. I was on a good decision. The, the only thing I was worried about, I snapped about it, was like, you know, the moment we start seeing snakes swimming, yeah. that's when y'all gonna see me go inside, and I'm not going nowhere because I'm gonna have to shoot snakes with the shotgun. I'm nothing playing with. I'm not, I don't play with snakes at all. That's when I knew not to put my legs in it anymore. You should have did it in the it first place. I'm sorry. It was all the way up. I was just walking, like, just no, like little, like, right here. Just enough to get bit by ant, huh? <laughs> I knew a guy, actually, uh, <laughs> a friend of mine, um, her. Don't tell me no scary stories. No, I'm, scared. I'm about to tell you now. What I'm happened? scared. No, because he got bit by a fire ant. Got bit by a fire ant, had an allergic reaction, Ooh. and, and uh, stopped breathing. What? Had to get rushed to the hospital. He was trapped Dude, he, during the storm. He, he oh was in the water. God. He didn't know. Got bit by he fire. He didn't know he was allergic to fire and shit. He's not even know who. Everybody gets. Who thinks that ants in the water? He was in the oh. water. Okay. That's what I'm saying. He was in right, the water right, right, right. and got bit and he had the allergic reaction and that's what happened and almost died. Went to a. Uh, um, he was unconscious for two days. Oh wow. Yeah. So that's don't scary. get in the water. But other people was allegedly more of the story is do not get in the water. You don't have to. You have to take meds. It's certain medicine you have to. Like my bro was a pharmacist. (laughs) Like apparently there was a doc. There was um, the hospital ordered certain meds just for the fire department. People that was in the water so they can take for being in the water to protect them from any of the bacteria and stuff that was in it. And I'm just people that was out there just swimming in it. You ain't get this medicine. You don't even know the name of it. I mean, that's, I mean, I'm glad we're talking about prayer, though, because I did pray over my legs. Before you stuck it in there? No, no, after, because I didn't think about it until the time. I was like, they do all the (laughs) 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 (
power of my mama's prayer beforehand. There you go. And your grandma's oh, prayer. And your grandma's prayer. Oh, you need to carry down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. To your bed. Yeah. That's that blood. That's the blood that you're talking about. Exactly. Yeah. I just think Harvey just threw Houston for a loop. Because me personally, I didn't think it was going to be that me. serious. I was like, yeah, I was one of those that waited last minute to prepare. And I was just like, mm. Remember y'all was texting me in the group message and you was like, it's going to be a level three. I was like, what? And I was like, no, it's going to be a level five. Category five. I was like, okay, once I got that message from you all, I was like, okay, let me go to the grocery store. Yeah, because it changed for me too. At first I was kind of cool about it. I was like, ah, this is... Exactly. People started telling me. I was like, okay, let me see. Check on my friends. See what they do. Shout out to you. Tell me why I was trying to go to work on Friday, but luckily it was raining really hard in the morning on Friday. I don't know. I I got up really early. It was. But I had to go to work. I was just waiting on my people, my coworkers, the management to tell me not to go. Right. But they weren't saying anything, so I'm like up here driving. Oh my god. Finally. I see the text, so I'm like, thank God, because I actually actually didn't want to go to work at the time. I mean, I love my job. <laughs> I still, you know, I'm like, okay, we'll get a free day, y'all. Ain't nothing gonna happen or whatever. Right, right. But then I started seeing on the news like, oh, the water is going out and stuff like that. And I was like, ooh, let's get some food. But I thought it was gonna be like a one-day thing. Mm-hmm. But it's not a whole week thing. To be honest, it was a one-day thing. Everything right. else was the aftermath. You're right. Yeah. You're right. It was days. literally Saturday night. You woke up Sunday and it was like everything's flooded. <laughs> and then it started. It stopped raining even on Sunday. And then the rain came back. And then it was already flooding. Then they opened the reservoirs, which flooded the other areas. Right. Exactly. And that's so everything else just happened after. Everything else was the aftermath. It was one night. It take it. <laughs> it show you just how fast things can get back. Yeah. yeah, how things can change so fast. I slept peacefully. I ain't gonna lie. That really is so good. Yeah, the room, but it was like it, it just made me feel down because Monday, like I guess Sunday, you know, it started raining again, mm-hmm. and then Monday it was just nothing but rain. No, I was so yeah, nonstop all day, and then even until the night, like, and it didn't stop raining until Tuesday, and I was so happy to see right. the sun. I have never been yeah. so happy to me see the sun. Me too. Same. I was mad. My oh, plants were mad. My plants was flooded out. I'm so angry. <laughs> I was, I'm not gonna lie to you. I worked hard with my plans, so I was hot. I was People hot. really care about their plans. I was hot. You understand? Know I was. Like, like, you know, seriously. I do. Man, no, I had them on the balcony. I put them on the balcony so I didn't have to worry about the bayou water the, from the flood. So I put them on my balcony, and the lady told me it's okay with the rainwater. Just get in it, but it flooded the pots. All of them were flooded. I was like, I don't know if I'm gonna make my baby's gonna make it. It's okay. <laughs> but yeah. So, but that's sorry, anything else about Harvey I wanna talk about? Joe. You can talk I about mean, Joe. Just, just the Joe. Yeah, go might as well hit that because you know no, 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 go that's the topic of no, the No, y'all no go. Go ahead, talk I mean, okay. You know, somebody tell tell Lum what was the problem. Cause not maybe someone out there doesn't know about the Joel Osteen theme and Jiggy. Mm. The story. Well, I guess the main problem was that he didn't open the doors of the church when they thought he should have. Um, that was the main problem a lot of people had and, uh, from people that are involved with church and kind of know how churches operate, especially when you get to the larger churches. You know there's a lot of things that go come into play and a lot, a lot of abilities that you have to pay attention to and be mindful of. 
and people didn't care to hear about those. People didn't care about your liabilities. We was just mad. They was just mad that the doors weren't open. Mm -hmm. They was mad that you said no. And then a lot of people took issue with him saying that he wasn't going to open the doors until other shelters were full. And, and I think. I actually understand that. I know you, we were talking earlier, you were saying he shouldn't have said that, but Lakewood isn't a place for, like, for sh shelter. They don't have, like, showers and things of that nature inside of their facility. So it's not, like, built to house people, even though it is a space that's huge. Uh, I can see if he said that, why he would say that, because other shelters have the, the means and the, the things they need to house people, like shelter or... I mean, like, right. um, showers or sinks and bedding and stuff like that. But I think, too, it was, he changed his word. Like, I forget what the original excuse was, but he originally said something. Uh, the original excuse was that there was flooding. Yeah. And, yeah. Then, and, then, the, and then the pictures came out and the videos yeah. came out. People walking up and showing that there wasn't no flooding. Exactly. And that the doors were just locked and things of that nature. And but there was flooding. There were conflicting, like, pictures. Because yeah. yeah. there were pictures of flooding and then there was some... Yeah. Even in the building, there was like pictures of flooding in the building. I don't know it's certain when those were taken, yeah. but then there were also pictures of like no flooding at all. Mm -hmm. So there was like conflicting. So he explained that on Sunday. He did. He I was explained there. That on, he explained that on Sunday and he talked about how they put in those reinforcements those for the floodgates. And they had, even those still had water up to a certain point. It was like a foot or two more or a foot or two from spilling over, which would have been a worse situation if you had people in before then. So when when the water went down, they had people come on in. And I said, I wouldn't even, I probably would have took a little longer being that your parking, your main parking is underground. And that's what a lot of people weren't taking into consideration. All these people are going to yeah, come here, how and where are they going to park? Mm. Even the Red Cross and everybody else, where are they going to park? You know, and then they get stuck in the parking garage, what are you going to do? Now, don't get me wrong, let me say this. I, I'm not taking up from Joe in no way, shape, or form. I'm, I'm just a very... You see both sides. Yeah, yeah I, 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 I'm understanding for why people do things. And I've ran a facility before that was $23 million, so I know how the decisions come down. And I know that Joe didn't make the final decision, but he they made a calculated move and they knew exactly how they wanted to do it to protect the people and their assets. Because you still want a church to come back to because believe it or not, people will sue a church with equipments. Oh, yes. They will sue a church with, ah, y'all don't understand. People don't understand that church can get messy sometimes. Oh, for sure. And, 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 like, <laughs> church can get real messy sometimes and people will do anything for a book. Yeah, I mean, there's definitely both sides. And I guess, what just disappointed me the most was how quick people are to drag other people. Oh, like, yeah. and of course, you know, people have their issues with the mega church and, you know, some are really valid. But mm -hmm. at the same time, it's like, why are we so quick to drag each other? Like, <laughs> and especially when you have status. And I know that we're all wanting to excel and succeed and, you know, be successful. So, it comes with the package. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, it comes with the package, but it just sucks that... People are just so quick to just tear each other down and think about if you're in a position of status and people just drag you left and right, mm. you know, how that is. It's like at the end of the day, we're still human um, and we have to really look at intentionality. Like right. at the end of the day, do you think he had bad intentions or not? Mm -hmm. um, 
And so that's just kind of what my thought was. It's like, dang, the internet is ruthless. <laughs> the, the internet always wins. It really does. Oh, yeah. It always wins. It could be a make. And I was talking to my mom about this. It even helped, it even played a part in the election, too. So it's like. Oh, my God. It's not going to I don't know what I'm saying. You see how bad people dragged Hillary, you know? So that was a, a. Even though she did win by majority. That's a huge reason why for people who didn't vote, people voted for like the Green Party or Libertarian Party or any other party other than Hillary. And so that split, that, that vote was split. And um, it could have helped in the long run to, you know, be Donald Trump. <laughs> He's crazy ass. But, um, but you can just see how social media truly does play a role and people should be very careful. Social media is a good thing and a bad thing because it could expose people who are truly wrong, but it also could bring down a reputation that it shouldn't necessarily be tore down for Joel Osteen and Hillary like she did some pretty effed up stuff but for Joel Osteen he's done nothing but great stuff and this is like like anybody else in the world I don't think he made a mistake personally but everybody makes mistakes and it's just because he's a leader and he has so much and he's done so much people are gonna drag him and, and you have to realize he's human like you said he's yeah. a human and if he does make a minor mistake people are gonna drag him because they want to see him fall but you know He's a man of God, and I believe he's not going to be, obviously, he's not going to be taken down. I would go as far, I wouldn't say that they want to see him fall. I would go as far as that saying that people look to him and they expect him to be God. There you go. Some people. A lot of people look to these pastors. They Sorry, y'all. It's these, a mosquito. Yeah, I've been trying to kill it for a minute. <laughs> <laughs> you just beat me. Did <laughs> you? I just yeah. saw it. I'm yeah. sorry. Yeah. We got a mosquito break. Wait, it's all the way over there now. Yeah. He's yeah. over there near the charger. So if y'all see me sliding, just <laughs> <laughs> okay, like, go like, you I agree with But right. yeah, no, uh, a lot of people look at celebrities, they look at their pastors, and they expect them to be God. I even myself made the mistake before, mm-hmm. because when I found out one of my childhood pastors that participated in a certain act, I looked at him like he was the scum of the earth. And my mom had to, it took my mom, and it took some time, I'm not going to lie, it took me some time, but it took my mom to tell you, tell me that, you know, he's a human. Mm-hmm. He's not your God. God uses him as a vessel. Right. And if you're looking at him, expecting him to be perfect, and expecting him to be God, then you're in the wrong. Because all you're doing is projecting your expectations onto somebody else mm-hmm. at the end of the day. And he's not your God. He's not your God. All he, all he is is a vessel which message comes from God to you. And if you're looking, and so I feel like a lot of people were aren't Christ-centered in that situation. You're not really, really focusing on what you need to be focusing on in that situation because if you're not right. looking at somebody's heart, like he said, in, in, exactly. their intentions. If you're not looking at that person's intentions, if you don't look. If you're not looking at those things, then you're you out of the will of God. And you're not acting as you should be because at this point, you're not even giving people grace. When God gives you grace mm-hmm. and mercy every day. So that's the part I had a problem with. Stop making people your God. Stop making things your God. And then you'll be all right. Then we can get to the point where we can have effective and efficient uh, prayers. I definitely agree with that. People do have, I guess that's when the false idols come into play or mm-hmm. just idolization worship. And um, going with, everybody's always looking outside of self for someone to save them. Not saying that people didn't need rescuing through, through during this natural disaster, but it's no one person that can save everybody. There's, I think everybody has to understand that everybody has a role in this world. And I mean, granted, Joel Olstein's role is a he's a he's a pastor of a church, 
there's people out there that that actually work for FEMA. This is their role to go out and rescue people in a natural disaster. Mm -hmm. I mean, you don't expect the security guard to get on stage and perform, but you do expect the security guard to pr make sure that the people that are in the whatever facility that they're protected. So I feel like everybody gets their roles crossed and they want one person to do something yeah. that they're not even qualified to do. So why are you <laughs> even expecting someone to do something? And, and then I did get I did hear arguments like, well, people's lives are should be way more than the price of your church. Since you already have money, you could get it all back if you even were to just sacrifice your church. I'm just like people. This is like this is something that somebody has worked from their like they built this from with their hard work, their determination, their and it is just I feel like it's so selfish for people to say that like just give it to the just throw it out to the world and throw it out to the cold and, and don't have an actual plan i'm like you have to have like a like there's certain types of methods you have to take if you're gonna turn this into a shelter mm -hmm. so i definitely believe that it could go both ways if you depend on what side of the argument you're on i i just don't think i don't know necessarily would say that he did or he made a wrong action but i definitely think you do have to put um, into consideration the approach you would have to take to actually make. I don't know if a church is actually, that's a vessel for a rescue center. So, I mean, some churches are, though. Just to piggyback on what you said, because you was getting to a point and, um, that I like, it's just that you can't expect your vision to be everybody else's vision. Exactly. And if, if Lakewood, the way it is, was Joel Osteen's vision, Mm -hmm. Then he's doing what he's supposed to. If that's the vision that God gave him and mm -hmm. he's operating in a righteous manner right. and handling, then he's under the will of God. Right. Everybody that has a problem with how he's running his church, if as long as he's running his church in, in, with, in the way that God had intended him to do it, he's mm -hmm. doing his job. Now, if you got a vision for something, for a church, you got a vision for a church of what it's supposed to be, then you should be doing that. You right. should be starting your own yeah. church. You should be making your church a shelter. You should be praying and putting in the work and getting people to donate to your thing, to your church. Mm -hmm. And that's what you do. Because once you get it up and you get it to that level, you have a compact center mm -hmm. church like that, and you want to call it a shelter, mm -hmm. then guess what? That's what you have. Mm -hmm. Right. But if you're going to complain because somebody else worked their vision and got what they wanted out of it, then you're not even doing what you're supposed to be doing. Exactly. You're not walking in the will of God. You're walking in what you want. Mm -hmm. And, I mean... There is like one person, of course, who we answer to, which is God. And I mean, I don't want to ignore the fact that there were a lot of other churches who did open up their oh doors God, yes. and they did great work. So I do believe that the church is to be a refuge for people. Yes. And I just understand, though, that we don't know the whole story. Mm -hmm. It's like we exactly. are making, you know, assumptions exactly. or maybe pointing the finger off of just what we can see. But right. we know that there's a lot of things that go behind the scene that we Absolutely. don't know about. And so it's like, until we know the full story, who are we to point the finger at another person? And, you know, we do make mistakes. Like, if we thought about it, like, dang, you know, Joel Osteen, let's say he did make a mistake. You know, let's say if he acknowledged, like, I made a mistake. You know, mm -hmm. do you think people would forgive him? Nope. I mean, I would hope so. They won't. But um, I just, you know... I, I like what you said about grace. It's kind of like, especially as people of God, we're called to show grace towards each other and know mm -hmm. that we could be in the heat of a moment, even if it's at our job and we make a mistake. Do we want somebody to to acknowledge that, you know, to give us grace? Of course, if we made a mistake, say that we're wrong. Um, but if not, you know, it's like we, we have one person to answer to, which is God. And so I, I don't 
think that Joel had bad intentions, like in my heart. Mm -hmm. um, but at the end of the day, I know that he answers to God, and exactly. I can't point exactly. my finger at him one way or the other. Right. Yeah. That's well put. Yeah, I oh, can't place blame or take sides. God is the ultimate determiner. Right. Awesome. So that was doing it for the culture. <laughs> Do we have any comments uh, or anything? Anybody sure. had anything to say? I cannot see that. Uh, <laughs> hey, man. <laughs> okay. Now everybody just saying like, hey, y'all. Yeah, there's I, a right we don't play with. Uh, somebody's talking about the snakes. <laughs> 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 Can't mess with the snakes. Okay. Awesome. I'm glad y'all. I like that. Alrighty. All right, let's talk about prayer. Mm -hmm. And uh, I mean, I know for me, it's a huge. I I actually been going to church more than I used to do. Okay. Uh, and I have actually been going to Lakewood. That church. Uh, I actually went there when I was a young when John Osteen. Yeah. Um, and you went to when it was Brentwood. Yeah, when it was way back there, my yeah. mom used to take me and my brother, and then he died. And then we started going to Joel Osteen. Then we went to go to like a more black church. Um, so we went to Silver Lake and then the Founder Praise. But God brought us back to um, Lakewood. And you know, I love John Gray and I love Joel Osteen's, their message. And um, anyways, so let's talk about prayer. But I was saying that to say, I, at first I wasn't going to church as often as I used to. But prayer has always been a significant part of my life. Um, so, uh, I don't know how y'all want to start this off. Um, I'll start right there with what you were talking about and um, how some people think that the only way that you can be a Christian is by going to church every Sunday mm -hmm. or every day of the week and they start to take attendance and roll off the right. or in church. And I'm one of those people, because I used to like my mom had us in church every day of the week she had the keys to the church so she opened the church up and she closed it we would vacuum the church and everything so this is like i'm at the church every day of the week i, I got basically i got to the point where i didn't like going to church so much because we was always there and there was always something to do but as i grew, as i've gotten older i appreciate that because when i went to college i barely went to church Mm -hmm. I barely went to church, but I still had like <laughs> I still had the prayer life exactly. like that. And I think the point that I'm trying to make is more of you still have to have that private ministry and that private relationship with God. Right. And if you're if you're not in communication with Him at all, that's where you're starting to backslide. That's mm -hmm. when you're starting to see things come into your life that you don't you don't even understand. Right. And the, uh, the best way I looked at going to church was like it was the distribution center. You mm -hmm. go to church to get re-energized, to get the things you right. need to get back out there and minister and be a vessel to the world. Exactly. You know, so there's nothing wrong with not like I hate when people say you ain't you wasn't here this Sunday, you right, weren't here right, last right. Sunday. Where was you at for Bible study? Now, not don't get me wrong, it's important to go to Bible study. It is important to go to church, but to put so much emphasis and telling people they need to be there every week, I don't think that's fair. I don't think. Right, and, and especially when you're not telling them to have a private relationship with God, to actually mm -hmm. be in communication and study your word. Because if you don't do those things, 
You can't even pray pray the right way, and we'll get into that oh, later. <laughs> we'll get into that later. <laughs> yeah, no, I agree with you. I think that you can go to church seven days a week and still not have a personal relationship with God. Um, and I think that, of course, you know, you have Sunday where most of you know most people go to church, but it's like, what do you do on your day to day? Um, in your day-to-day life, you know, while you're at work or if you have kids, you know, how are you interacting with your kids? Like, right. are you bringing the word of God into your home? And so mm-hmm. I think that that's where true ministry happens. Mm-hmm. Um, of course, it does in the church, but I think that your ministry is a lifestyle and it's every day. So I think that praying, you know, is a vital part of that, communicating with God so that you understand the direction of your life, your mm-hmm. household, and then you can add to the church when you go there, whether it's seven days a week or every Sunday, you know, so it's not just a distribution center, but it's also something that you're pouring back into as well. Yeah. Agreed. It hasn't been until recently, like in the last two years, as my spirituality was growing and we started doing like affirmations and things of that nature and learning about the law of attraction and calling things into, to, into our lives and stuff like that, that I realized it's the same thing as, you know, prayer and it's the same thing my mom's been doing for me all along like as I started saying like I don't know my mom used to say things to me like you're the head and not the tail above only and not the feet yeah. don't know her harm and <laughs> danger will ever come to you um and then it just made me realize like in situations like in college I put myself in scary scary situations I was never scared though but it's just a it's just it just showed you how prayer works because how powerful it is because yeah. even though I didn't I knew my mom was saying those things but it didn't resonate to me and then I realized all the stuff I was doing in college that really could have got me killed walking alone in DC all the time going to people's houses that I didn't know to interview them <laughs> like stupid stuff and God protected me but it wasn't because of me it was because of my mom was praying so hard for the whole my whole life she used to say uh, you and jeremy that's my brother will be great in the land and then you wonder why we have all these outlandish you know ideas in our head and we're actually going after our dream so it's just like mom was speaking life into us this whole time um and i was just like and i didn't know it like i would hear her say it but it didn't resonate till you're older and you put the two and two like why am i healthy you you know <laughs> you know right now and it's just like prayer really works and we talk about this all the time like it's really important for you to pray for your friends pray for your family your kids and really speak life and like really i don't know just speak it's, over their life it's, spread the blood of jesus <laughs> yeah no i mean i believe in grandmama's prayers like your mom's prayers your grandpa i believe because even in the Bible, you know, they talk about generational promises and curses. Yes. And so, mm-hmm. like, even as I've been reading the Bible lately, and I just started, like, intently reading the Bible last year. So, I'm, like, it hasn't been, I knew scriptures, but it wasn't like I was reading the Bible, like, mm-hmm. my entire, entire life. Um, but it wasn't until I became an adult that I really, like, appreciated it. Mm-hmm. And now I see stuff that people were doing like it affected their bloodline and i believe that it still stands today that those prayers that you're praying now will impact your kids your grandkids just like your grandmama's prayers impact you so i believe in passing that down a random a random stranger when i turned i was 17 and i was in the lady was interviewing me for a friend because he was getting ready to go to the navy and she was a lawyer through the navy or something like that and we sat down 
at McDonald's. I'll never forget it. And she sat me down and she was like, so what are you going to do with your life? And I said, well, I'm about to go to college. I ain't really thought much past that, you know. And she was like, you probably should start doing that because you, what you got to understand is every decision you make from right now affects your children 10, 15, 20 years from now. Everything that you do from this, this exact moment affects them 10, 15, 20 years from now. And I, at the time, I was like, lady, what the heck is you talking about? Like, I was like, I ain't thinking about no kids. I don't want no kids. I don't, I'm not planning on having no kids. And I ain't getting married till I'm 30. So I got about 20 years to do whatever I want to do. That's what I was thinking in my head. But I got to a point where I understood. And it was, it was um, I was reading Genesis. And it was a particular passage. It was when Noah got drunk. And, and uh, he cursed one of his sons for going and telling everybody. That he was drunk instead of covering him, and uh, and I and and what come to find out that curse actually went down through the legacy. It was like a generational curse that was put on the family, and I was like, "Wait, this stuff get passed down?" So I like, <laughs> like I, I, I immediately, I immediately wanted to get right because I started to think about all the stuff I did wrong. As soon as I read that, I was like, everything I did wrong could affect. My children, not not even just my children, but my children's children's children, and yeah. I might not be allowed to tell them why it happened. And that's the part that's the most scary. Is like I can't even help them through it because I died before <laughs> I could even see them. Mm -hmm. So all I can do now is to try to walk and try to walk this like in the will and under the will of God and be and be, and pray about the things that I've all the sins that I've already committed. And ask for forgiveness, and try my best to to create this environment, or have the this basically have be filled with the spirit of God at all times. If it, if you can be filled with the spirit of God at all times, if people can come to you and they know and they ask you to pray for them, and they just they can just tell you a man of God or a woman of God, then you're doing what you're supposed to do. Because when it when when you get to the point where people can't come to you. You're outside of the will of God. Because that's not a welcoming spirit. Hmm. The, the spirit of God is a welcoming spirit. I, he, it wants you to come in. I want you to be here. I want to pray for you. I want to love on you. I care about it's a It's a compassionate spirit. And if you can't have that for your neighbor, for your brother, your sister, mm -hmm. cousin, a stranger on the street, then that's some parts of you that you need to re go back and reconsider. My prayer life completely changed with... Uh, Pastor Suzette, Pastor Suzette Caldwell, and Pastor Angelita Durden. And that was at Windsor Village. I, I took her prayer one-on-one -on -one class with uh, Pastor Suzette. And it was only because Pastor Durden told me to. And, uh, <laughs> oh, yeah. no, I, I mean, I, I told him, like, I, I, this is at, at my point, at point in my life where I really was trying to, I was really eager for God in everything. I wanted to know everything. I wanted to understand it and everything. So this prayer one-on-one -on -one class and she talked about how to pray pray in effective prayers and i always thought what the heck is an effective prayer every prayer i pray you hear right every prayer i pray you hear you don't answer right you know so what i need to do what what more do i need to do as long as i'm sincere and i learned immediately that i've been praying wrong not saying that i was praying wrong but i wasn't paying, praying the most efficient prayer i could pray because i wasn't praying scripture to God because he will not return 
his word to you whole. And I was like, whoa. I gotta start over. <laughs> it was no, like mind blowing. It was a mind blowing experience because I had all right. So I playing football. You have friends that pray however they want to pray to God. Mm-hmm. And there was a, one particular incident. Incident. This guy named Artanian Brown, and he straight up talked. Just put his own government name out there. He on my Facebook too. <laughs> but he he straight up and it, it was so long ago, but nobody probably remembers. But he straight up said. What's up, God? And this was at the end of practice. He was like, "What's up, God?" You know, and he prayed to him like he like he prayed to God, and people were laughing. I was like, "That's real." Yeah. So I was like, "You can't talk to God like that." Have to take this class. Like he, I was like, "You can't talk to God like that." And they was like, "No, nah, it's not saying that you can't talk to God like that." But when you're in a situation where you're needing an answer, mm-hmm. and you're spe- you got specific needs, there's prayers that you can pray. There's, there's scriptures that you can pray to God that you can that you make sure those needs are met, or that you at least know how to act and abide within what God is doing. And if you're not doing those things, that's when you get mixed up. That's when people start rushing. That's when people start saying, "Oh, well, you know what, God, I'm gonna do this on my own. I'm gonna get out here," and then you start making mistakes. That's the worst. <laughs> and, and, and it's it's a real it's a real yeah. thing. It's a real thing because the hardest thing to do for most people is take five minutes out of their day and pray to God. It's five minutes. Five minutes out of your day. You ain't even got to do that. Just say Jesus will. People won't even say Jesus will. You won't even say Jesus will. And that's the part that's frustrating. You're trying to, you're trying to tell me or convince people that you have a prayer life that you won't even take a second to pray. But you're on your phone. All day long. You're on your phone right now. Looking at Facebook. You're on your phone sharing, doing all kinds of stuff. You was on your phone to talk about Joel Osteen. How much time did you actually right. spend praying? How much time did you do you even understand what you're praying for? Hmm. Are you prepared for what's what's going to come? Even if your prayer is not answered the way you want it to be. Prayer prayer embodies and encompasses a lot of things. And if you don't know who you are or where you are in Christ, you will be swallowed up by it. And it's a thing where you have to sit down and just get You really have to lose your friends. I'm, and I mean it. You have to. No, you have to separate yourself from people. Prayer, you have to. You have to be completely. Your TV has to be off. Your phones have to be off. And it's like I said, it's a private ministry. It's a private conversation with you and God. How are you going to have a, 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 a an efficient conversation with God when? All of these people in the same conversation with you about your business, about with your business. That that's the part. And so a lot of people don't know what to do. With, that's why people are so freaked out with the hurricane. A lot of people didn't know what to do when the power went out. A lot of people didn't. A lot of people didn't know what to do. And they phoned down. They didn't know what to do. You wasn't. You wasn't thinking. That's not our first line of. Like, not defense, but, you know, like, that's not the first thing that we think to do. Like, Mm -hmm. oh, the power went off, pray, you know. But I think that when you do develop a prayer life, then you turn to that. I can say that in the midst of this hurricane, like, I started praying. I was praying, like, for real, for real. And Mm -hmm. I think that this is the first time in a natural disaster that I prayed as hard as I did for for Harvey. Mm -hmm. And it's only because recently, like, I took Pastor Suzette's class as well. And... It wasn't 
until I took it this year that I really realized like how powerful effective prayers are mm -hmm. yes. and it made me want to read my Bible more because Pastor Suzette in her class she talked about like you know sometimes when we pray we can feel like a loss of words like mm -hmm. I've, yeah. I've felt that way like I'm not exactly sure what to say but the word of God has everything that we can say and sometimes it's like not necessarily in the moment that you can think of it but you can like go to your bible and look up scriptures that pertain to your need or whatever the case is and write it out you know like really think about it and write it down that's what I had to start doing because I'm not not the type of person that can necessarily like quote scriptures off the mm -hmm. top of my head but mm -hmm. I, I might know like this is the scripture I'm looking for you know mm -hmm. and then I can like search it and find it and then write out my prayers so that it's thoughtful you know and I'm yeah. not just saying something so I think that when you start developing your prayer life that will become your first go-to exactly. like when something's going wrong and I think that it's important because God wants us to pray he wants us to commune with him mm -hmm. Girl, the, oh. no you got it the thing with that's another thing I want to hit on because that's that's great too and that's exactly what a lot of people don't know is that the, the, it, the prayer you know it doesn't matter everybody's in different levels of prayer mm -hmm. so don't come to somebody expecting this they you know, start speaking in tongues and just because they're speaking in tongues that you think your prayer is not going to be just as strong or just as heartfelt. It's levels to it and you'll get to where you're supposed to be. You might not never speak in tongues, but that don't mean that your prayer is not as strong. Just because you don't yell as loud and, and, and do all the antics and people ain't falling out when you touch them on their head and stuff like that. <laughs> that, that don't have nothing to do with who and what God has for you and your prayer life. As long as you are steady growing and going in the direction you're supposed to be right. as far as your prayer and reading your word. Everything will work out. Because it is a process. Even prayer is a process. Yeah. And the way my uh, another pastor of mine told me, he said prayer is a three-step process. People don't know it. You, it's prayer, praise, and then worship. Mm. And, uh, and people don't. And I, and I, I realized that when I was going through the worst of, of, of times. Because you if, you, if you're praying fervently, like the word says, if you're praying fervently, you're down there. But before you get up, you're probably already in tears. You're, if you're praying, like, and, it, and you're really in some stuff, and sometimes when you're not really in stuff, you don't even know why you're crying. But you, if you're praying that way, you, you get to the point where you're in tears, and you don't know what you're crying for, but then you just start praising God. Mm -hmm. and, you, and you're praising God for things that he's already done. You're praising yeah. God for things that he's going to do. And mm -hmm. then the next thing you know, you're in a worship situation. Mm -hmm. And now you're in there singing, praising God, worshiping God, and you don't even know what happened. But your whole, your, your whole mindset has changed. Yeah. And I think prayer is, I, I think, what, what did you call it earlier when you was talking about um, speaking things into existence? Law, speaking law of attraction. Law of attraction, yes. And, and, and it, when you when you pray and you praise and you worship, you create a feeling. We used to get scared when my mama prayed. She, we used to look when my mama prayed. We used the entire house would go quiet, and we didn't know why. But when she when she would pray, everybody would get right. Mm -hmm. Everybody would get right. Things would just change. The, the the feeling in the room, the spirit, whatever spirit was in there, it was gone, and it was it was probably mad. But she will get any oh, yeah. spirit out of the house that wasn't supposed to. Be. She and you knew you knew when you knew when it was because when Mama is singing, she at the praise 
part of her prayer. And when she is now walking around the house, touching the walls with holy water, she is at the worship part. Yes. And at this point, if you get out of line, you know you got you know you in the wrong. Oh and, and, and that's something I thought that was weird. But no, I started doing it in my house. I started doing it in my house. And I said, Ma, I said, Ma, what is this? I'm like, I'm using holy oil. I, won't, I, didn't, I, didn't, I didn't use holy oil. I'm crying and I don't even know what I'm crying for people for. I'm praying for people. I don't even know why I'm praying for people. Right. And, 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 and it comes out later that some people needed my prayer. Right. Mm -hmm. They they calling me and, and you know I was going through something. You know God had you on my mind, and that's another thing. Being obedient. Ooh. Yeah. Be obedient yeah. in your prayer life. You gotta be obedient because the one thing you can do, it, it, the one thing you don't want to do. I mean, is be disobedient to the word and the will of God. Because at that point you are out of the realm of protection. At that point, anything can attack you, and you don't even know what it is because you're no longer even in communication with them. Mm -hmm. And that's a place that I never wanted to be, but I have been. And I also want to let people know you can get back in. It's just some work, and you gotta not you gotta not be scared of that work. You gotta be willing to to grind. Uh, Stephen Furtick and Pastor Keon Henderson said it like this, you gotta climb, dig, and uh, crawl your way out of that situation sometimes. Right. Sometimes it's an uphill battle, but if you keep fighting, you keep pushing, things are going to get better. Things are going to look better. And if it's already better in your mind, that's what's happening, it's already better. You don't even see it for what it is. You see it for what God says it is. And as a lady in my church, she says, I pray that God gives me the, the ability to see things above sea level. Mm. above sea level, above what I can see, but right. what he sees. I need to see it like that. If I can see it like that, then everything will always, and it's hard. That's, it, I mean, it's easy for us to sit here and have that conversation and say that to people and tell people that. But when you get to that place, oh, and not even when you get to that place, but when you just decide in your heart and in your mind, mm -hmm. you know, that's what I'm going to do. You kind of right. just walk in. Exactly. Some people got to hit rock bottom to get there. Yeah. A lot of us gotta get rock bottom get to, when when you don't know how your bills gonna get paid. That's when you get to that point, and and that's why I uh, Kevin said people use God like a, a bank, like an ATM, like an ATM. <laughs> just to take out money. And if you if, if you'd have been doing all this praying like you're supposed to do, hard and everything, mm -hmm. and crying out to God, prayer, praise, and worship before the struggles, you probably never would have saw the struggles. Mm -hmm. Not saying that they wouldn't have been existed, but you wouldn't have been experiencing them like you are now. You wouldn't be stressing and worrying about those things because you know that God has got you. Right. Yeah. But that's also, like I said, it all go back to where you are in Christ, where you are in your studying of the Word, where you are in just understanding. Mm -hmm. I think prayer or spirituality in general is like a muscle. Yes. in the beginning or it, it's accumulation of, of wisdom so like we all can relate and say when we were younger we didn't understand prayer the way we understand it now we didn't actually use it as much as we do now mm -hmm. and I think over time the more experience we gain the more we face trials and tribulations God it's just like we reached this certain level of our lives and it's like our eyes the lady that was praying to be over sea level our eyes are like these bills bells have been lifted and we can see certain things 
We have certain wisdom that we couldn't comprehend when we were younger. We couldn't comprehend when we were going through that certain thing. And it, it took that thing or it took whatever situation and circumstance to mold us mm-hmm. into the persons, people that we are now so that we have eyes to see. We have that discernment, that, that thing that we can actually um, see that is for us or isn't for us. And I think also even discernment comes through prayer, praying for that discernment, praying sure. for the wisdom, praying for the eyes, praying for the knowledge and praying for all the things and the tools that we need so that we can govern throughout this this thing that we call life, this beautiful thing that we call life. Yeah, and that's why I think it is important to listen to, um, you know, different pastors or mm-hmm. faith leaders and then also to get in a good community because mm-hmm. even if you do end up, let's say, shedding some friends or your, your friendships may change. You know, you exactly. may still have those friends, but your relationship with them may change. I think that's why it's important to surround yourself with people who are more mature in the faith to help you kind of walk through it. Because I don't want to discourage people and say, because you're not using scriptures in your prayer that God doesn't hear you. And I think, Carl, you made that point earlier too. And that's not true. Like, God hears us, right? He meets us where he is. And that's why I think we serve such an awesome God because we don't have to be speaking in tongues or know all the scriptures for God to hear us. And I think that as a next step like what changed my life was when I had a desire to like be a woman of prayer or to be like a woman of God where I was really connected with him that people could see that in me and that I could most importantly see that in myself and so I think it was like once I made up in my mind that I had a desire to Mm -hmm. be an effective prayer if you will um, that's when I thought out the class. Like, it, it had been on my mind for over a year, but I never mm-hmm. took a step. But then once I had the desire mm-hmm. to do it, that's when I took that step. So I think that that's a part of, you know, having a prayer life, too. It's like, what is your desire? You know, do you have this, like, burning desire to know mm-hmm. more about God? Because if you do, you'll read your Bible more. You'll pray more. Like, those things just come naturally because God changes the desires of our heart. Mm-hmm. I think... Prayer is a desire. Mm-hmm. If you think it's whatever you desire, you're asking God to grant that for into your life. Mm-hmm. So I think whatever you have a burningness, a burning desire for, and whether it be material um, goals, success, or whatever it is, personal relate connection with God, I think that is ultimately that's prayer. And uh, another thing I like to say that prayer is is it's a form of thoughts. So like you were saying in the beginning, Carl was saying that um, it's if you already see it in your mind. And so I think we're, we're always praying, whether we know we are, whether we're aware we're praying or whether we're not aware that we're praying just yeah. throughout the day. We're, we're always continue, constantly in prayer. And the reason why I say that is because when you pray, it's like you are aware that you're sending off these prayers to God. Like I consciously I'm taking this time out. I'm going to send these thoughts to God and let him know what I'm thinking, whether you want to voice those thoughts or just say the prayers in your head. But if you were like sitting out just throughout your everyday basis, if you're constantly in a worried state and you're always worrying about something going wrong, worrying about something being negative or just thinking bad thoughts, these are forms of prayer. You're asking God to manifest these things in your life without even being conscious of it. So I definitely think it's important for us to guard our thoughts, protect the, the things that we say throughout the day when we when we think that they're jokes and we think that they don't mean any harm because we're picking up all of that and God's picking up on all of that as well. So 
I definitely agree with that. I go through my day, or at least I try. You know, we talked about this before. Like, mm-hmm. just going through your day, asking God to guide you, whether exactly. it be at work or having exactly. favor with your coworkers. Because, you know, it could be hard. Sometimes your coworkers be tripping. Not mine, because I ask for favor with them. <laughs> but, um, but I had to start asking for that because in previous jobs, it wasn't like that. But mm-hmm. uh, I asked God for a favor. But um, it's just like, like you said, whether you know it or not, you're going through your entire day praying. Mm-hmm. But I really am very intentional about exactly. like my prayers. And I probably get that from, you know, just being around y'all. <laughs> um, but being very intentional when like a thought comes into my mind, I'd be like, God, uh, <clears throat> I mean that, you know, God, please. I'll that in the name of Jesus. Um, and even when like nasty thoughts be coming in my mind, I'd be like, Lord. <laughs> traffic and like lord please let everybody get here safely and when we leave let everybody get home safely it's just like you have to, i feel like you have to surround yourself with prayer i think people just you know you just need a i don't want to say y'all have to do this y'all have to do that but it's really important for you to protect yourself with prayer mm-hmm. because it, it really it does work and you could you could just just try, you know, just try just saying, Lord, just guide me throughout this day. Right. You know, just lead me. Because I don't know where I'm supposed to go. Lead me. Let me know what to say. Speak through me. Just like those simple words and just see how your day changes. Mm-hmm. And I think that's a good way for people who's like, I don't know what to do. I don't know how to pray. Just, you know, start with that little prayer. Like, guide me. Lead mm-hmm. me. Show me. Speak through me. Because um, that can change your, your day and change your life. Right. Yeah, yeah, I like that. It's, I mean, it's like a, it's a vehicle. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, how is he supposed to know what you want or the things that you, yeah. you know, desire? Like you were saying, if you don't talk to him, if you don't communicate to mm-hmm. him. Mm-hmm. Right. Actually, that's how uh, Pastor Suzette described it as a vehicle mm-hmm. from the natural to the supernatural. Yes. Mm-hmm. yes. That you get your word, then you get the message to Christ. Mm-hmm. But the, the thing I like what you're saying is just trying. Mm-hmm. Like, for the longest, I would like, I didn't understand why God would just tell me. Like, I was, like, so burning up. I tell him, just try him. Just try him. Like, I got to the point, like, please just try him. Like, I promise you, if you just try it, everything will be all right. It will It will manifest itself. And it will. It will. Uh, it might not happen right when you want it, but I guarantee, like, I never really understood that song. And may, he may not come when you want to be there right on time. I always thought that was just with old people's songs. I know. Just to keep your hopes up. But I'm, I'm going to be honest. Man, he always comes through. He does. He always comes through. And I was just trying to, I was begging. I got to the point where I was begging you just to try it. I don't, you don't have to do it like I do it. I don't care if you even read the Bible as much as I do. Just try God. Right. Just try it. And if you, and, 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 I, and I guarantee you, It'll make a world of difference to you. It'll mean a world of difference to you, to your lifestyle, to the people that you're around. Now, the thing is, you got to be willing to change. And a lot of people aren't willing to change because change looks like I'm not on social media with my friends anymore. I'm not in this club. I'm not drinking this. I'm not smoking that. I'm not having sex. I'm not um, at this place or this place. I might not even be at this church. This might not be my pastor. I'm supposed to be over here. I'm supposed to be doing this. And and all of that completely changed. I think the hardest thing for me, and I think I told uh, church, I told people about it. I said, I've been praying. And God said, just move your stuff. 
House that broke into all my things and stuff. And he was just like, move everything. Bro, oh. I was like, you know what? I'm gonna just move everything. <laughs> I'm gonna move everything into the shelter. Yeah. And we'll see what happens. A week later. A week later. A week later. A week later, I got into um I actually just went to the apartments. I looked up, looked at them and they approved me to move in and they were right across the street from the shelter. Wow. Wow. <laughs> so I, I, I was just like, wow. okay, and I told people this. I said, if, if if God placed it on your heart, and if you are truly in communication with Him, do it. Do it. Just just try. Sometimes wow. it just seems so off the wall and out the blue, like, but you just gotta trust God and just try Him. Sometimes, just try Him. Sometimes, and like my mom is probably like like you say about your mom. Mm -hmm. My mom's the same way. And I done seen my mom do some crazy stuff. And I was just like, can you not do this while I'm with you? Like, can you wait? Let me go somewhere so they don't think my mama crazy. I don't think I'm going to walk with this crazy way. It makes sense now. Yeah, it makes a lot of sense now. But back then, I was like, why are you walking up to random strangers praying for them? Why are you praying for my friends? You don't even know their name. You got these people crying out here now. I got to explain why they crying. I got to explain why they crying to other people because you just sat here and told them their whole life. Like, I don't want to be the one that got them all like that. But Aww, that, and, and it still is. And, and what I learned from that is my mom was obedient to what God said. My mom was in constant communication. He was constantly in prayer with God, like you said. And I think what, what it comes down to when you was talking about that worry, if you fix your mind on things that are pure mm. and of God, worry can't be there. Right. Darkness can't exist where light is. Mm. So if you always have light in your mind, if you have yeah. light on your heart, and exactly. that's, you're thinking of these positive things, and you surround yourself with positive people, only things gonna come from that is life, and, and yeah. So like, and, and that's the part that I think is a struggle for millennials nowadays. When you talk about social media, because every time you on there, you see fights. Some Trump did, some somebody else did. Somebody talking about somebody mama. This 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 happened with my money. This. It's just so much negative stuff. I got to the point where I just started, and I went through my Facebook, and any fight, any negative thing, I blocked it. I blocked it. Anything that was negative, that wasn't, that wasn't, I blocked it. I just said, no, we got to be, I'm sorry, I ain't saying y'all bad or anything, but I can't do this in my life. Because I'm, people, you start walking around with that spirit. Exactly. And, and you don't want that spirit on you because you know who you are. And, until you know who, and when you know who you are, you know what don't need to be. Yeah. And that's why, you know, even walking around your house, like, mm -hmm. it's so important. At first, it may seem weird, but you don't know. Like, especially as we grow in our walk with Christ, I believe that we get more attacked. And so, walking around your house praying like y'all's moms did, like, oh, yeah. we can do that at this age. Like, mm -hmm. you don't have to be somebody's mama or somebody's <laughs> dad that's true. to do that. Yeah. But that's, you know, maybe what we saw. But it's like, right now, you can walk around your apartment, you can walk around your house mm -hmm. and pray, you know, like, that God protects you, that 
he comforts you, you could be thanking him for the food in your fridge. Like, right. you could just give him praise, you know? Absolutely. You don't necessarily have to be asking him for anything. So it could just be simple stuff. But mm-hmm. protect your house because people might be coming in and out of your house. Mm-hmm. You know, there may be things or even spirits, like we talk about soul ties, for example, oh, that God. might be in your room, Ooh. might be wherever on your couch, whatever. And you need to get rid of some of that stuff. Like, real yes. talk. And this is the kind of stuff that... <laughs> We don't necessarily talk about it at church, but we are living it. You know, like I'm sure that a lot of people, whether it was in college or now, it's like it's a very real reality. And in order to cast out that darkness, you have to bring light, and light is through the word of God. And I like how you said um, we we can be this age and do these and take these actions right now. And um, I know, like, we oftentimes we just say, we are automatically not us maybe per se but as us as millennials we automatically think stuff is just gonna work itself out instead of just being proactive and active and taking these actions and i like how you say you can walk in each room and like send positive vibes into these rooms send love into the room because when you actually speak another word for speaking is like you're invoking the spirit you're invoking this thing that you want to call into your life so if you go in each room and you like you invoke that you want love protection success wealth, like you just gonna wake up ready to just go conquer the world like i ain't even sleepy i ain't even tired i'm ready to go get stuff done i'm ready to grind i'm ready to so you might need to literally like speak these things that you may not feel comfortable with saying like i just thought it in my head so we good no like actually get used to like training your subconscious mind and, like letting yourself hear yourself say the words that you actually want right so, so not yeah. everybody has someone like my mom to speak into them or great friends like y'all to speak mm-hmm. life over them so you have to speak it to yourself Right, speak it until you believe it. The first three days, you're probably not gonna believe what you're saying, but if you repeat it enough times, you will. It will become something that's truth to you. Mm-hmm. And I believe that you know, prayer is definitely important. But then I always say plan. You know, like if you're praying for something, for example, like I was praying about my finances earlier this year. Like God, you know, I really want to be a like phenomenal steward over my finances, like over what you've given me. And I knew that I had to take certain actions and stop Mm -hmm. certain behaviors in order to reach that goal. So it was like, this was my prayer. I wrote a prayer about it. But then I had to start planning. It's like, all right, this isn't just going to go away. You know, you may have student loans. You may have credit card debt. Like, it's not just going to disappear. Um, You literally have to have a plan and be diligent about it and be intentional about it if that's the desire, you know, of your heart. And I believe that God will answer your prayers. Like, when it lines up with the will of God, like he will give you all the tools that you need. And I am a testimony right now. God has shown up like and shown out over these last few months as I've been praying about it and literally made a plan. So um, I believe in let go and let God in some situations. Well, I mean, like I think of it like, OK, you know, God has the final say. Right. But I also believe that it's up to us to do our part. Like we can't just depend on God to do everything and just be sitting there in your credit card collecting interest. Like, right. no, you actually have to plan. you got to pay down your student loans. Right. Like, sign up for the payment reduction plan or loan forgiveness. Like, right. take a step mm-hmm. and God will continue to walk with you. Right. I totally I want to tell y'all like a little story what happened to Harvey. <laughs> so y'all know there was like tornado warnings and stuff like mm-hmm. that. There was like a tornado in the Sugar Land or something like mm-hmm. that. But uh, so they, there was a tornado warning in Pearland. 
And so we got it on our phone. So we cleared out the closet in the middle of our house. And my, my nephew had on a helmet and my mom had on a helmet. And there was just no more helmets. And then it was me, my big brother, my nephew, my sister-in-law, my stepbrother, and me in the closet, right? And so we were like, all huddled up. So just, we was having fun, but we were still like, hey, it's turning the mic off. And they were like, um, Booby, which is my nephew, shut the door. And he was like, God got us. And I was like, <laughs> five-year-old, God got us. Like, oh, don't worry, God got us. And sometimes I think that like younger kids have more faith than us. And then that evoked us to start praying. Like, you know what? Let's hold hands real quick and pray before, you know, this tornado hit, you know? And so we prayed. Of course, the tornado didn't come. But it also brought me back to, I tell the story all the time about when I was younger and I would write prayers to God in my diary and how every single little bitty thing that I wrote down and prayed for as came to pass. Um, I saw that years, years, years later. And it's just like, sometimes I feel like we need to have that same faith we had as a child. And I know like growing older, it gets harder and harder. Mm. But I don't know, sometimes like, sometimes you just need to say, think about your little five-year-old nephew saying, that got us. And they say the true way to really reach in your godlike consciousness is being more childlike. Yeah. And I think as older we get, and yes, wisdom and knowledge and all that stuff is good, but sometimes it makes us be so timid or scared or cautious, too overcautious, like to all the bad things that can happen because now we're aware that there are bad things that can happen. So now we focus on the bad things that could possibly happen. Whereas when you're a child, you don't really focus on the bad you things. Like, let me just go jump on this bed, not thinking I can break my arm, fall <laughs> off, hit my head, and do right. like the adult would be thinking. So I'm not saying don't completely weigh out your adult senses, but like you still want that child like carefree or like just I'm gonna just do it and go all in and not worry about the consequences. Sometimes I think it's a healthy balance that's needed. I think it's more, it's a childlike faith mm-hmm. that you have to have. Mm-hmm. Um, which is, it's, it's easier said than done. Mm-hmm. It's a lot easier said than done. But it can be done, and it has been done. And to be honest, you do it every day when you drive. You don't even think about it anymore. You get in the car, you drive. Mm-hmm. You, know what, you know what it is, you're just going to drive. You, you believe at the end of the day you're going to be back. Mm-hmm. You have to. People pick and choose what you want to have faith in. That's true. You pick and choose what you want to give to God and what I want to take home. That's true. That's the, and, and, and one thing, that's something that, I, that a lot of people struggle with. And, and it's the thing of surrendering. Mm-hmm. People are afraid, are afraid of giving up relinquishing control. Because everybody true. likes control. Because right. I know what I want and I know what I need and I know what my plan was. So it's great to have a plan. But if your plan don't line up with the will of God, then there ain't really much of a plan. Right. So that to me goes back to if you're reading your word and you're praying, God will give you the plan. Mm-hmm. Now, he gives you the plan through the vision that he's giving you. Now, everything else is you activating your faith that actually work in that plan. Mm-hmm. The problem is relinquish the control. Give up what you want to give up. It's not going to happen the way that you want it to happen. That's the problem with a lot of people. I want it to happen the way that I see it happening. And God doesn't work like that because there's other people that he wants to see his face through your actions. Mm-hmm. 
-hmm. It's through you that they're going to come to God. It's through you that they might go pray some more. Or they might actually come to you and be like, hey, how did you do that? And all you can say is, you know what, man? I got to a point where I just had to give it to God. I got to a point where I had to pray and I had to fast and I had to do all these things just to give God his glory. And they'll see that, and guess what? Now you've brought, you've been a witness to somebody. That's the thing. You have to recognize that you you have to protect your witness. Y'all say protect your heart, protect mm -hmm. your mind, protect your witness. If you're going to, if you if you're saying you're a Christian, or if you're saying you love God, and, and I'm not even talking, I'm not even talking about being a religious person, but if you say you have a relationship with God, mm -hmm. you are protecting that witness. You're protecting that relationship. Because it means more to you than anything else. Not because of what you want to do with you, because of what you know God is trying to do through you. Mm -hmm. And a lot of people don't get to that. You got to get to that point where you just completely give it up. Yeah. You completely relinquish that control. Because then you're no longer in a place where you can be worried. You no longer in I told people, I was telling people, I said, I don't know how I made it through all this. My friends around me was freaking out. By the stuff that was going on in my life. My family was calling me, bugging out about what's going on. I said, you know what? I'm in a place where I can't even do what y'all do. And I said, look, you call me with this, I'm not going to listen. Because where I'm at, God kind of just doing everything for you. Boy, I'm, I'm operating, moving straight on prayer. At this point, I'm moving straight on prayer, grace and mercy. And that's where I'm at. And I said, I don't have time or room for what you're bringing. Because where I'm at, I'm, I'm literally in a place where God has got me. And I pray for peace that surpasses all understanding. Mm -hmm. Every time I pray, because that's, if I got that, if I got peace that surpasses all understanding, oh, I'm gravy, baby. I can make it through anything. There's nothing that, it, it doesn't matter what it looks like, how tall the mountain, I'm okay. As long as I got peace. It might, I, might, I might have to go through it forever. I might, have to, I might have to fight some people. I might have to lose some friends. I might have to go broke. But as long as I got peace, I'm okay. Mm -hmm. And I don't think a lot of people understand that point. That peace. Mm -hmm. That peace. Understanding peace. You got peace. You can hear everything you need to hear. Mm -hmm. You can pray everything that you need to pray. You can read and feel and you have discernment on certain things that nobody have even seen yet. Yeah. And they're going to probably look at you crazy. Yeah. And they're going to look at you like, you're right, you're right. They're gonna, I said they probably go, they're going to look at you crazy. They're going to ask you what you're talking about. And, and don't worry about that thing. That's the part that you got to get people out of getting out of worrying about what other people think and say, if you got peace and you are walking and doing what you're supposed to do and you trust in God, everything just falls in place. Like, I, it's some song, I can't think of the name of this song, <laughs> to save my life, and he was like, it, it seems like everything is falling apart, but it's falling into place. I know what you, I said, it was a quote on Instagram. I know, I know. <laughs> yeah, but it's a, it's a song, it's a song, um, it's not Casting Crowns that sing it, I, 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 oh. uh, I can't think of it, I can't think of who sings it, but I heard that song, and I said, this man must be crazy. And what I heard, I was like, what you mean? If, if everything is falling apart, how could it be falling into place? If, all things work together for the good of the Lord. And if you're looking at it like, man, God, you're taking everything from me. You're not paying attention to what he's giving you. You're not, yeah. you're not paying attention to the position that he's putting you in to bless others and to be a blessing. But that hurts sometimes, like even to the point of peace, like there may be 
desires that we have or things that we really want and they may not necessarily line up with God's plans or desires for us yeah. and so making peace with that can be a process like yeah. it, you might have to really okay. <laughs> it may, yeah it is a process like it for some people it may just like happen immediately because I believe that God can do that but for other people you may have to pray on that thing several times you know it may even be years before you come to peace with that and truly surrender to God's will and be obedient. And I, I just wanted to point that out because there may be some people like, I don't feel that peace, but it's not like a one and done. Oh, no, it's not. You know, like it, it's, it can be like a consistent thing that you pray on or a prayer point and know that God will come through. And prayer is a, a, a tandem thing, especially when it gets to when it's something you're really wrestling with. Mm -hmm. yeah. You're supposed to t tandem two. That's supposed to be a two part thing because you're supposed to be praying and fasting. Mm -hmm. You're supposed to be praying and fasting at that point. When it gets to a point where you're wrestling and you're steadily wrestling with this this thing, and it's been years or months or weeks, mm -hmm. you should be fasting. And people, are, I don't, I think the art of fasting or the <laughs> the discipline of fasting is slowly going away. People don't fast as much as they used to. Mm -hmm. People just say, hey, I'm going to die. I'm going to go vegan. I'm going to be vegetarian. <laughs> or I'm we gonna, do it uh, as a collective. Yeah. Like, we just do it because I was like this. I just did it because my church is on a family exactly. fast. Mm -hmm. But I never took it upon myself to fast because I'm in need of something or I want to grow mm -hmm. closer to God. But you can fast at any time. It doesn't that's just true. have to be with your church. Exactly. Mm -hmm. and, 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 and that's the part that you have to learn. If we're talking about the power of prayer, it increases when you in, when you introduce um, fasting into it because what you what you what you, whatever you're taking away you're putting in more prayer and you're putting in this word mm -hmm. so you feeding yourself spiritually mm -hmm. with, and you're taking away things that you don't need things that's not adding to your spiritual man right and you adding these things you adding the word of God and you putting more prayer towards whatever it is that you're working towards mm -hmm. or whatever it is you're you're seeking mm -hmm. and things tend to, I'm not gonna say things tend. Things work out, man. Yeah, that was, I guarantee. Yeah, yeah, yeah things work out. Man. That's what happened with Christ over culture. This is just a testimony moment, but like I really knew that God had called it upon my heart or put it on my heart to start a podcast. But I was really struggling and wrestling with what the name should be. Like, should I do it by myself? Should I have a co-host? Like. What really should be, you know, the focus of it? And literally, I prayed and I fasted for 30 days. And that was the first time I had ever done anything like that. And I just really stepped out on faith. It was one of those, I got to give it to you, God, because I tried, like, yeah. everything I can do. And at the end of it, that's when he gave me the name of the podcast. That's when everything came together. I had clarity on those things. And I honestly don't believe I would have gotten to that point if I hadn't, like, made it a point and said, I'm going to pray and fast because I was wrestling mm -hmm. with it for a couple months, you know? Mm -hmm. So, definitely pray, praying and fasting, there is no substitute. Mm -hmm. And I'm a believer in it and before I wasn't, I've done it even with my family too. Um, and you can do it with your coworkers. you know, if you feel comfortable with someone at your job, you can pray and fast on that. And I remember doing it with my family for the first time this year and I saw stuff like change you know stuff that had been like held up for seven years like unlocked mm -hmm. and i just believe in fasting and prayer at the same time just one quick thing to say to that yeah Don't, it ain't for you to tell anybody that you're fasting either. Yeah, that's that true. too. That too. You don't need to be telling everybody I'm fasting. Inviting yeah. everybody into your fast and right. everything because you want this little this little group uh, mm -hmm. of people to mm -hmm. keep hold you accountable. No, that's you. Yeah. 
Mm-hmm. That's your private thing. That's your private ministry. If God put it on your heart mm-hmm. to talk to people about it, then you do. Yeah. But and, and other, for the most part, that's actually just you. Yeah. That's your discipline. That's what God is, you and God are working on. Because your friends are working on the same thing you're working on. Mm-hmm. They don't have the same vision that God gave you. That's a vision that he gave you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and you I, work in that vision. Yeah. I believe that there's power in doing it individually for yourself and with other people. Because... Yeah. Um, but you're right, you know, yeah, exactly. Exactly, and I I agree with you. Like, you don't have to be flying like, oh, I ain't eating meat this month or, you know, right, whatever right, your right. fast is. Because, I, I mean, I definitely didn't do that. And I think that um, it's important to have that, like, private time. And it seems more intimate, too. Like, when it's just between you and God, like, nobody needs to know that that's what you're doing. But mm-hmm. you know, and God sees you. That's how I approach relationships too. Though. If you approach, if people, no, I, no, no, I just pray. keep it private. I pray for, but I'm saying, I'm talking about how you have a relationship. Like I approach, I approach relationships in that in that Sometimes you do. I, I know. No, honestly, you yeah. That's true. That's true. I don't want to put my business out there in the streets like that, but. I didn't have to a few times just like go with I'm there go, with you. I had to do play that. Play fast, like yeah. look, God, look, look. I know what you just told me, but I'm about to quit on this. I'm out. I'm ready. I'm like, or, I'm or God, God, I know what you told me, but I don't want to let go. Like, oh yes, yeah. that's, that's the toxic. Yeah. That's the toxic relationship. Yo, no, but. Oh yeah. Right, I'm about to get me in trouble. I'm telling you, like, I, it, it'll you come to blows with that. Like, and then you gotta be obedient too. Like <laughs> that. Be obedient. Being obedient. Is the, <laughs> that's the kicker. Why, that, yes. That's the. That's the. So if you protect your relationship with God, <laughs> <laughs> like, that's what I'm saying. Just imagine if you fought for God as hard as you fought for toxic relationships. If you fought for God as hard as you fought for toxic relationships. Or whatever you know this. <laughs> or whatever. Like, seriously, just imagine if you fought just a little bit harder, like, just for God. Just imagine the things that can happen in your life. That, that part is what's scary. Like, you hold on to something that don't even love you. Mm-hmm. You hold on to something that ain't even wasn't even designed for you. Mm-hmm. But somebody that was designed for you, love you, and can give you everything that you ever need in your life. You abandoned? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You, you turn to them only when it's really, really bad. You don't, you don't even, matter of fact, you don't even know him. Because you ain't even opened the book. You ain't thought to sit down and talk to me. And that's part, that's that. I think that's where my eagerness came from. Yeah, same, same. My eagerness came from that place. It was like, you know what? I was raised in a church. I was always in church. I didn't see church. God has brought me through so much. Okay, mm-hmm. let me go ahead and quit running from where my calling is. Let's get towards it. Let's go ahead and do what we got to do because at this point, I don't have nothing else. Mm-hmm. Everything else I'm, I'm counting on is failing me at this point. Like, all right, God, look, all right, bro, here. Here, you got me. You got me. Here we go. What we doing? Exactly. Show me what, what we doing. Just tell me. So I can go and then we're going to do what we got to do. And that's where you get to. You get to that point. You, you hate to have to. Go through all that you go through to get to that point. Mm-hmm. You hate to. But it makes you a better person, I believe. Yeah. And, and, and to me, it also makes it, I believe that those people that go through all those things are going to reach more people. Yeah. 
Because there's going to be people that went through the same thing that you went through. And somebody that didn't go through it can't really minister to them about it because they can't understand fully where you're coming from. Mm. They can't understand fully what you've experienced because you didn't go through this. You can't tell me about you can't tell me about being broke if you've been rich your whole life. Right. You can't you can't you can't tell me about a bad relationship if you was in one relationship and y'all still together mm-hmm. and y'all got married and had three kids and you have you can't tell me about no bad relationship. And that's the power of a testimony. Yeah, exactly. That's yeah. why I believe, you know, like when you do come out of whatever you went through, like if it was something that you, you know, like saw God for or you walked with God and God delivered you from that, I believe that we as a as witnesses of Jesus Christ have the responsibility to say that. Yep. Like at the end of the day, like I give God all the glory for, you know, X, Y, and Z or my podcast or, or whatever for getting me out of that relationship. And I think for me, like, um, I think it came to a point where I realized like there truly was someone who loved me more than this man or my parents. And it was God, you know, like the literally the creator who created me, like who can know me any more intimately. And I think that once you realize that in a relationship or whether it's a job, you don't feel valued or whatever, like you understand the value that you have, you know, you understand like what the ultimate relationship is once you um, figure that out. And I think that people will see that in you and be more attracted to you because of that, at least the right person. Right, right, right. So. I'm okay. right. looking for love in all the wrong places. It's like, only he can mm-hmm. And I mean, yeah. it, and it goes vertical and out, right? Yeah. So it's like, we shouldn't ignore those people. Oh, it's yeah, like, because yeah, you yeah, can no. love them from a distance. Like, mm-hmm. cool, but we ain't got to follow each other or whatever, you know? Yeah. Like, you don't have to be intimate with that person, but I believe it's like, you know, once you, at least for me, it was like, once I understand like how deeply God loves me mm-hmm. and then my love for God, it was like, I don't have to be treated like this. Yeah, I think I, I had that experience too. I think that's what it was because I didn't really know what, like why. I always ask God, what are you, why are you doing this to me? Why are you always putting me in these situations? Why am I always talking about God? Why am I always around godly folk? Or people always asking me to pray for them. I could be in the middle of a bar drinking with these people. I'm not even, I, I wish I was, I wish I was lying, but I'm not. And, and, and this happened so many times that it got to the point like, why do you put me in these situations? Well, I'm in the middle of a bar and all these rabbits, people I don't know, all of a sudden we sitting there talking and I'm praying for everybody. I said, you know what? I said, what do you want from me? What do you want from me? Because I'm like, I'm, I'm out here trying to have a good time. Why we talking about you today? <laughs> like, why we, 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 I'm over here, I ain't even sad. I'm just trying to turn up. <laughs> I don't even come in because I'm sad. I'm just trying to live life like everybody else do. But here it is. Oh I'm caught in this place. And I, and, and, I think that's another thing a lot of people don't pay attention to. If you keep experiencing the same thing, that's a lesson you got to learn. That's a lesson you ain't learned yet. <laughs> until, you, until you decide to address that, you're going to forever be in that. That's that cycle. And as it relates to relationships, I think I was reading like a devotional on the Bible app. So they have like different plans you could do or whatever. And one of the challenges was, like, the next person that you date, like, if you go on a first date with them, pray. You know, ask mm-hmm. if, like, you guys can pray together. And if they look at you funny, you already know. Like, that's it's not 
write them off, but it's yeah. already like you kind of have an idea of what you might Your be spiritual doing. level might be a little bit. Yeah, you know, but if you have a person like, yeah, like, I'm down, you know, at least you have that common ground. So I think that having, building a relationship on the foundation of prayer is really important, whether that's yeah. your, uh, you know, intimate relationships or with friends, you know, mm-hmm. incorporate prayer in your prayer life. And it sounds like y'all already do that, which is fantastic. Yeah, thank you, sir. Yeah. You know what, that, now I'm interested, because how... How, if you have a relationship with people mm-hmm. and it was, was not built in Christ or through prayer, how do you reverse engineer that? Or can you reverse Some engineer Some things aren't meant to be reverse engineered, but I, I would say if that person is willing to make a change and willing to grow with you, that's the, mm-hmm. if they're resistant, then it's not up to you to press upon that to this person because I feel like everyone will have their own revelation at their divine timing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So no matter where you are on your walk, maybe this is not for you right now. Mm-hmm. This is where you are and I'll accept you where you are, but I know I can't compromise who I am just to make you mm-hmm. feel happy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and things will change, right? So you may just naturally kind of part from that person, mm-hmm. but that doesn't mean that you can't pray for them. Like you could be praying for them in your private time or whatever the case is. And even if you talk to them, you know, I believe that things about you will change. Like, you may be like, oh, I'm going to church or whatever, and this, this, and this, and they can see those changes in you. And like you said, in their divine time, you know, they'll have that revelation where either they're drawn to it or they feel distanced, you know. Mm -hmm. But later they may find, like, man, I really understood what, you know, they were talking about now. Like, and one day, you never know. Like, they may decide to join you for church. So I don't think that you should just completely write them off, but I think that we can pray for them. Yeah, I I, 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 I had talked to uh, Kevin about that. I asked Kevin about it because I was like, you know, a part of me doesn't want to feel like I'm being fake towards my friend. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I'm talking because, okay, let's, let me be honest. More so talking about my fraternity, bro. Mm-hmm. And you get to a certain, well, I got to a certain point where certain things I can't be involved with. Yeah. Or certain things. I just don't get off to no more. I'm sorry. It's just not for me. Mm-hmm. You know, at this point, I'm just, I'm way past it. And I don't want y'all to think I don't like y'all or I think less of y'all. Mm-hmm. But I just want to do something else. Can we just go bowling or something? Mm-hmm. Can we go, like, laser tag paintball or something? Because at this point, I'm just off to a lot of the, the extra debauchery. Mm-hmm. That's exactly how I described it. The Kevin, I said, I just can't get involved with the debauchery. And instead of saying something to them, I kind of just... Leave. I just don't say nothing and kind of do my own thing, and that, and I feel like that's kind of me being fake or two fake. I don't think that's fake because I. But but what do you do in that situation? Communicate. So I told them. I'm just. I know, but you may have to tell them again. Yeah, Yeah, show them, and you may have to say it multiple times. Like I love y'all, but I'm at a place in my life where I can't be involved Mm -hmm. in certain things Mm -hmm. and. I know that, you know, we have a brotherhood and that you guys love me too. And this is nothing personal. It's just, I'm doing something different. And, you know, I would appreciate y'all's support of me in this. Like, love me through this. Like, we're still brothers, but I just, like, can't be involved in in these things. But there are things that we can do together, like bowling or whatever the case is and I'm there or let's talk you know one on one on the phone like Mm -hmm. it's just that I can't be in these certain spaces and I'm hoping that you'll accept that and 
if not, you know, I, I still love you, but I'm hoping that you ex accept or see that I'm going through a transition to become a better person. But I think that comes through communication because when there is no communication, there can be blurred lines that people can feel some type of way. Whereas, you know, it's kind of hard to like confront mm -hmm. things and communicate, yeah. but it could settle some of that. What I would say to piggyback, I definitely agree that communication for sure. And you know the way you, how you can handle your bros, the guy code, however the terminology y'all use, that you can convey the message to where they can understand it. Yeah. And right. like really truly get what you, where you're coming from. But because I mean, I don't know, you come like, guys, I'm a change man. Like they might be like, nah, I don't yeah, they, 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 they mean, use your yeah. words. Yeah. 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 Whatever yeah. that you, that you, that you However you speak to them so they can truly hear you out and get the message. And then if that doesn't work, it's okay to have friends that you just have to section off your friends and know it's a time and a place for everything. And so when you do feel like doing whatever they do, you already should know what to be, expect. And then when you do want to do have laser tag, you need to have a crew, a, a group that will really invitingly and genuinely want to do that because you don't want to be somewhere where people aren't genuinely excited to be in that atmosphere because yeah. that's just the negative energy all together. I think where I'm at now is in a, in a desolate place where friends are scarce. I don't have many friends right now. That's really weird because everybody always say, you friendly, you know everybody. I say, you know, right now, I don't know nobody. I'm, I'm at the crib most of the time mm -hmm. if I'm not working. I'm not, I try to do something else. I'm one deep. And it's not on purpose because I like having people to talk to, mm -hmm. but my spirit gets, <laughs> right once my spirit is like vexed a little bit or I feel like something is off, I'm not going to spend a large amount of time with the people that cause my spirit to be vexed. Mm -hmm. I keep all the people that cause me to feel that way. So I kind of have to adjust and I'm really at that place. And this one, this is one of the things I'm struggling with. I pray to God about right now. It's like, who can be my friend? Who can yeah, yeah, like, and what does that mean in that friendship? Like, and can they even come to my place because I don't even want that spirit in my house? Mm -hmm. Like, right, should I even go to their place? Because I don't want to. Right. I've had yeah, to take that for in the past. And I would say, wait, you gotta wait on the results. Man, it, it's a long wait. I'm gonna be honest, that's a long wait. I've been waiting a while. Fast. Huh? Fast. Yeah. Oh, God. Oh, God. <laughs> oh, God, you don't understand that fast. Is... All you need is a two day fast, and you can you can get some answers in two nah, days. No, that two day fast ain't do nothing. I mean, I know that I, everybody I these days. You know, it revealed a lot, but it didn't do nothing as far as what, what's going on with friends. It, it revealed more what's going on with me. Yeah. And and what I what I learned and I, I did this during um party. I learned that okay, I'm not praying enough. I was like, I pray all the time. But then I realized after this, I was like, I'm not praying enough. God, how much more can I pray? And I, I actually talked about this at Bible said I was telling myself, like I'm really I'm literally at the point in my life where I have to be in constant prayer with God. It does not I mean constantly. I wake up in the morning, I roll over, I got prayers on the wall, I pray those prayers. I get up, I go to the restroom, there's a prayer over my toilet, I pray that prayer. I come back up like like I have to I, I constantly have to be in prayer and when I'm not, I can tell. Yes, yeah. I can tell. And I was like, this is like who does this? I don't know nobody else have to pray this much. I mean, I like, believe it or not. 
Yeah, I'm praying throughout the day. I don't have scriptures on my wall, and maybe and I have to train myself. And I probably need to start doing that. But yes, like I'm in constant prayer throughout the day, like throughout the day. I have a maybe a solution for you, but it's just work for me. It's just you know really being doing my purpose. I don't know if you're fully into your purpose or the will of God. Like once we start doing Inspire Fire and all kinds of stuff, YouTube, like things that I feel like God has put me in, it has attracted, like I wouldn't be hanging out with Comey and Jasmine so much if we didn't work together, if we didn't have this podcast, you know, Inspire Fire. And like when we put on events and different things of that nature, that attracts more like-minded people. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, now and suddenly I'm invited to other things that help us network. And I feel like when you're like aligned with your purpose and you're walking in it and like you said, being obedient, yeah. you're going to start attracting those people to you. And you're yeah. like, that's why I like when a lot of people say there's no good men out here. And I'm like, what are you talking about? I see so many good men. It's because I'm not attracting those people. Whether they're just friends or not, it's like all I see is good black men. So I just feel like just mm-hmm. make sure you're make sure you're actually walking into your purpose and doing the things that God wants you to do. And that way those people are gonna come into your life. Yes, um, just organically. You're not gonna have to like, you know, worry about it. Mm-hmm. And everybody else, like I I don't purposely distance myself from anybody but it just happens I don't have time I'm doing something I'm busy um, and if, and then there'll be certain times we may not hang out every weekend maybe once a month or maybe once every three months y'all still my girls um, mm-hmm. and y'all actually come over and paint or go to movies I'm there you know but they know and they could, they'll start knowing what and what you want do yeah. they know you mm-hmm. so it's like no respect you. You. they yeah. don't even exactly. ask you there and they'll be like dang you are so cool you don't judge us i hear you all the time you right. don't judge us but you still fun to hang out with and i'm just like i love y'all right <laughs> but i just say walk in your purpose and do the things god is telling you to do yeah. absolutely mm-hmm. but i guess we should go ahead and wrap this up i want to end it with a question that we asked some of our guests um, I just love it. Jasmine got soft in it. <laughs> and it's uh, um, for both of you guys. The question is, what is this chapter of your life called, and why? Relationships. We are in. Oh, you got it. Yes. Oh, I forgot what y'all was in. I forget. This is the brink. Oh, the brink. I forgot. Oh no, I think I remember. Y'all Okay, you said what is it called and why? Yeah. Um, mine is called transition. Um, I feel like I'm in a lot of areas in my life are in a transition phase. And I don't know if anybody else saw Steve Harvey's masterclass on own, but I did. And he talked about how like everybody gets to a point where you have a turn back moment. Yeah. Like where you are walking in your purpose, excuse me. And, um, you know, you, like, envision it. Like, you see it. Yeah. You know what it's supposed to be. Right. And he said that a lot of people choose to turn back. Mm-hmm. And I'm at a point where I'm, like, it's scary. Like, no lie. Yeah. Because transitions can be scary, especially when you're taking, like, huge leaps of faith. Right. But I feel like that's where I am. And I don't want to turn back. So, um, yeah, like, I'm... 
I'm trying to go for it in all That's these great. different areas of my life. But uh, yeah, I feel like I'm in a definite transition period. That's awesome. I like Man, that, that would have been mine because I feel like I'm, I'm in the same uh, position. But the one thing that I think I've heard from God more than anything else is consistency. So I would, I would, uh, I would say this chapter of my life is called consistency because I think God is pushing me to be more like He wants me to be in every arena of my life with everybody that I come in contact with, and not because I'm not, but sometimes I just shut up. Sometimes I'm just quiet, and I know it's hard to believe because I talk a lot. But sometimes <laughs> I, <laughs> no, I'm serious. But sometimes I don't say anything, or sometimes I just kind of shy away from the situation because I'm, I I think about the fallout that might come from it, mm-hmm. and uh, I think that's what this chapter of my life is called. And, and I'm at the place like. A lot of things. So God is basically putting me in a position where I have to be consistent with what it is that I'm doing in this new journey that He has me on, and this new project that I'm working on, and everything. So everything is just like go. Like I, I'm like I'm in I'm in go mode. I'm in go mode. I'm. I just have to stay consistent in my drive to get it done. I have to be consistent at all times. I can't have a moment. Sleeping or being lazy, you know, I just gotta keep working. So it's just straight up growth. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. great. In transition. Mm. That was awesome. I'm gonna steal some of those. <laughs> <laughs> that was I, a question. I got a question that uh, that I just to pose to the audience is like, if God was to answer your prayers, would it only change your life or the world? Would it only change your life? I I, I kind of, I would say both, but it's in different ways because I, the way I pray, I have like, and I think I read this in a book, like you should section off your prayers. Like you should have financial prayers, personal prayers, career prayers. Um, so I have like these sections and I'm just really analytical like that. So no, I was praying for like solely on my relationship and then I pray for my finances and I pray for my career and I pray for my business. So I feel like some of them are for um, for the entire world and some of them is just that yeah. personal development that I need so that I can give to the world because I mean I truly am a firm believer with Michael Jackson when he's like start with the man in the mirror. Yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. I know. I, I yeah. You know, we have Inspired Fire, and I have dreams of my own, and I'll be praying for a healthy relationship with husband. But, um, so that would affect me personally. Inspired Fire would affect the world, mm-hmm. but I always do pray this, because you could get caught up, even though if you're doing something great, um, you could get caught up in making it about yourself. Yeah. So that's the reason I say it. I always right, yeah, right, right, right. be in constant prayer to make like Lord make sure I'm doing this for the right reason. It's not yeah. about me, it's about that's let true. me have an impact on the world. Mm-hmm. And you know, you gotta pray for yourself. Like it's just not all about me. Like Lord that's true. help me make an impact and keep, you know, the vision 
on the front lawn. Yeah, that's, yeah, I have, I have those same practices. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, I definitely think mine will impact the world just because I see how, like things that I do connecting and touching so many people or things that I don't do impacting other people too. So, mm -hmm. um, even if it's a personal prayer for me, um, it can impact the world because it's going to manifest into an action or not. Um, and so I think that what we do, like we're interconnected to one another as humans. So I definitely think that everything that I, I pray about has an impact on somebody. Yeah. I agree. Um, when I first, you know, started praying, my prayers were self-centered and then they did become where they, um, I didn't take a, take the class, but I did, you know, I think one thing that Pastor Suzette talks about is making your prayers God-centered. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so they did change, you know, from that self-centered to God-centered. Mm -hmm. I, you know, dove more deep into the Word. So. What do you mean by God-centered? Um, so, like, you talk about the scriptures, the voice of the okay. scriptures, and, you know, making it about the Word mm -hmm. instead of... Um, oh, I see what Mm -hmm. Yeah, and so, Pastor Suzette talks about that. Like, she uses the example of a vehicle. Like, she uses a spaceship, and mm -hmm. she says, "Like, we're here on Earth, and like the Scripture says, on Earth as it is in heaven." Yeah. Mm -hmm. So she says, "Like, when we load the spaceship with God's word, we know it won't return void, right?" Mm -hmm. So, like, when we pray really specific prayers, like it's like we're loading that rocket ship or spaceship with mm -hmm. like God's word, and it goes to heaven or the third dimension which mm -hmm. is you know they explain like the third dimension is like heaven celestial uh mm -hmm. second dimension is your mind and then first dimension is what you can see touch hear feel smell whatever so she was saying that like when we pray those specific prayers and use god's word it's like we wanted to hit the target like we wanted mm -hmm. to be right on point and what's more on point than god's word right mm -hmm. so like it goes into the third dimension and then like it comes back to us like on earth as it is already done in heaven and god's word is what is the same yesterday today and forevermore so it's like when we empower our prayers with god's word like it's already done in heaven and we have to make sure that it's god-centered that our that our will and our desires and our wants line up with god's will and when it does like it won't return void so that's kind of what I got from her class is that when we make it God-centered, it's like we want God's will to be done mm -hmm. um, on earth as it's already done in heaven. Like we we put his desires and his will and his wants. So let's say like for everybody to have um, an education or whatever, you know, like or God wants everybody to prosper, like to give us a future and a hope or what mm -hmm. have you. Like when we speak that into existence, like God, you know, I know that you like your word says like you you want me to prosper you want to give me a future and a hope like you're praying a specific prayer and that goes into heaven and like you know that that is going to happen like it will not return void now you may say something about your finances like um let's see like i was reading about the talents like how you want to invest your money mm -hmm. um and you know like you might talk about that like god you know like you 
talk about this parable like where the like the guy invests his money like don't let me be a hoarder let me invest my money and be able to like give to more people to be generous you know give and it will come back to you good measure like you believe those promises you speak that word and you know it will happen like it may not happen when you want it but it will be on time you will have more than enough according to his riches and glory in heaven so it's like when you center your prayers around what God has said and his will, he's not a man. He will not lie. Those things will come back. It's already done in heaven. It will happen on earth. So that's what I got out of her class about, like, praying God-centric prayers. It's, like, more than Michelle what Michelle wants and what my will is. Yep. It's God's will. That's crazy because that's exactly how my mom prays, and I didn't even realize it until y'all just said that. That's crazy. Thanks for dropping the major gems <laughs> first and foremost. Um, but before we head out, if this is your first time tuning in with us, we always, always, always end our podcast with affirmations. So it is affirmation time. It's affirmation time. Affirmation, affirmation time. time. So what exactly is an affirmation? An affirmation is any positive statement that you tell yourself to transition, I mean, to transform your life from the bad to the good. Um, even in the Bible, it says, let the weak say, I am strong. So even when you're feeling weak, you're not going to affirm, I'm feeling weak. You still affirm to yourself that I'm feeling strong. You're not going to tell yourself, I'm feeling broke. You're not going to tell yourself, I'm feeling tired. You're not going to tell yourself, I'm feeling sick. You're going to tell yourself, I'm feeling wealthy. I'm feeling energetic. I'm feeling like I have the power within me to go conquer and do great things for the world. So it's five of us today and millions and trillions of you out there so we're going to end with each one of us giving our own personal affirmations and just get in the rhythm of saying your affirmations every single day to transform your life for the best of your life like ET. <laughs> so who wants to go first i'll go first okay yes <laughs> um i guess that God is going to provide everything that I need, and he's already provided everything that I need to get my project off the ground, mm -hmm. and that his purpose for my life will come to fruition when he's ready, not when I'm ready. I got it. <laughs> I am obedient to what God has for me. I'm sorry, that was beautiful. But I didn't mention that we're saying the I am affirmation. So okay. we're going to say the, no, no, no words. The word I am, like speaking it as if you already had the thing that you're praying for. So if you want to be successful, don't say I'm going to be successful. I will be successful. I pray that I'm going to be successful. Just say I am. Because God gives you things that you believe you deserve right now. So, sorry about that. I usually say that. Beautiful affirmations, guys. Thank you, Jazz. <laughs> Your voice is so calming. I'm just like, <laughs> I am the head and not the tail. I'm above and not beneath. I'm a lender and not a borrower. Ooh, and my mom was like that one. Um, as I kind of explained before, you know, I have been praying about my finances and I want to be able to lend money, like to invest in 
people to help people grow their businesses and so um i want to be able to in everything that i do be able to lend money to be a support structure for other people um including my own business but um yeah and to know that i have the confidence in doing that that that's not too far fetched of a dream that's beautiful amen i am obedient persistent and faithful in my walk find us you can find us on soundcloud just type in soundcloud.com backslash soul feeling you can find us on itunes just put in soul feeling and you can find us on google play just put in soul feeling you can find us on youtube <laughs> put in soul feeling find us on instagram soul feeling and I just want to thank uh, Inspire Fire, the ladies of Inspire Fire, Jasmine, Tiffany, Kobe, for um, hosting this and hosting us. I mean, these conversations are needed. So thank you, ladies, for using your platform to have, you know, these types of conversations. You too. Thank you. Thank you. Yes, thank you. <laughs> so, Yes, thank you all so much. Until next time, peace.